Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. And I gave myself a year. I said, if I can match my salary this year, I'm going to leave nursing behind. And I doubled my salary. I don't know how I did that, by the way. That year is like a blackout situation for me. Like it was so much, so much was going on, but, but I did. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest today on the Portrait System podcast is Elena Blair. Elena is a lifestyle, family, and newborn photographer, and she has her business down to a simple system. She has only one package price that she offers, and she tells us all about how she makes that work. Elena does her photo shoots on location and in clients' homes, and to keep the simplicity going, she limits her location and does everything possible to make this very easy for the family she photographs. Elena has a ton of great info for you during this interview, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, let's get started with Elena Blair. Hey, Elena. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you. How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. I know I have a little bit of a cold. I know you said you do too, so we'll <laughs> yes, getting through it together. <laughs> yes. All right. So you are in Seattle, Washington. Yes, I am. Have I you am. always lived there? So I moved to Seattle in 2000, which makes me feel old, but um, I came here for undergrad from Albuquerque, New Mexico, actually. But I've been here oh. 22 years, so this is definitely home now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. I lived, I don't know if you know this, but I lived in Seattle for 11 years from oh. 2008 until, actually 12 years, until 2020. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We moved back to uh, Michigan January of 2020. Oh, before everything happened, huh? Just before. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. pretty crazy. I did not know that. So you know about the weather then, and we're having like one of the worst 
springs on record right now. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's what some <laughs> of my girlfriends were just complaining about, my Seattle friends. Yeah, it it's, I try not to complain about it. I get to leave. I get to travel quite a bit, but this year has been complain worthy. <laughs> yeah, so much yeah. rain, so cold. Yeah. It's hard. It, mm-hmm. it really is hard. I mean, and I think people probably think it rains in Seattle all the time, which, I mean, really, that's not the truth. Obviously, summers are, are amazing, but gosh, when you get those gray patches, it's it's hard, not only just like on your psyche, but also as an outdoor or on-location photographer. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely, it's really the short days that are really hard for me in the, like in the height of winter, like January, February, mm-hmm. it just feels like it never really gets light out. And that's really, that is very hard on your, on your mental health for sure. Yeah. The sun sets at like on that side for people who don't know on the West coast or it's in Seattle area specific. And I'm not like a geography expert or anything mm-hmm. like that, but there were days when the sun would set at like what, 440, Oh, it's so my kids that the elementary age kids, when they're getting out of school about three 30, walking home from the bus, it's getting dark. Mm-hmm. Like it's the sun mm-hmm. is setting. Yeah. It's yes. And it's set by four 30. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I remember that being a huge issue for scheduling photo yes. shoots. And that is also when I incorporated uh constant light, which I didn't, I didn't use very often because I've always just done window, window light and reflector. But there were times when I'm like, oh my God, I cannot push, push my ISO higher than 1600. Like I have got to do something about this on those dark, short days. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's something that I've learned to deal with. I actually don't use artificial lights. Um, My style is a little bit more moody, a little bit dark and moody. So it, I, Mm -hmm. maybe because of where I live, maybe I adapted but it's it definitely in those months it's harder and i i do shoot a lot less in the winter for sure so you do mostly on location right all on location yes all on location okay yeah. okay mm-hmm. all right i want to hear your story and of course i want to get into everything but I, yeah. while we're on the on the topic of this i think this is kind of interesting to people cuz i think a lot of times people struggle with on location for a couple reasons one for some reason there's this mentality that you shouldn't like I've I've heard people say, well, I don't have a studio. I can't charge those prices. And I'm like, huh? Like it is so much harder on location than yeah. it is in studio. So why shouldn't you charge those prices? Like you're working extra hard. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that is, I, I would never equate luxury or high price with only studio. I'm one of the highest priced family photographers, if not the highest price for the, for the structure, the pricing structure that I have in my area. And I do not have a studio. I don't own any lights. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, gasp, but that is the way that I'm, I've done it for 12 years and it mm-hmm. works really well for me. So I'm all on location, lifestyle, family, and newborn. And um, yeah, it does not matter if you have a studio. It's, all, it's just about the professional experience that you provide and the uh, end right. product, of course. Yeah. Now, when I first started in Seattle, I did a lot of on location outdoor uh, shoots, a lot. And I know it's going to be like this for some people who are listening, and but specifically in the Pacific Northwest area, like Seattle, Portland, LA, like where traffic is bad, weather is bad, like parking is super hard. How do you navigate around all of these things being an on-location photographer? So I would actually say that in Seattle, yes, traffic is bad, but it is not as bad as we're not talking like Bay Area, Los Angeles, New York. And so I have about five, eh, maybe I would say six or seven total locations that I shoot at. And so when I'm doing the intake form, I ask what type of location they want. Do they want beach, park, urban, mountain, 
or field. Mm-hmm. And when they don't get to pick the location, they get to pick the type and I pick the location. And there is not any location except for mountain. I charge extra for that. And yeah, that takes yeah, me fi- that course. takes me 50 minutes, five zero, but every other location takes me 20 to 30 minutes and that's all. And they nice. all have parking. Where do you live in Seattle? I actually live on Mercer Island right now. I oh. moved, we did a COVID move during <laughs> 2020, but yeah. I used to live right in Wallingford. So right in downtown. Basically. Oh, I did too. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Just up the street. Well, it was, I guess it was technically Fremont, but right at the north end, just as Wallingford was started. Oh, okay. I lived on 40th, so. (laughs) Okay. We we were right at 45th and Evanston by like um, uh, Via Trib, Via Tribunale. Yes. Yes, yes. We were neighbors. I miss miss that place. Yeah, I know. Seattle's great. The best food. It's the the best. So now I'm on Mercer Island, which is eight minutes from downtown. It's not, you know, far. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, So now it takes me 30 minutes instead of 20 to get to some of my favorite locations. But what I, how I look at it when I'm teaching about this too, is I just always say like, this is my studio. My studio is the outdoor locations that I use. And if you're going to be an on location photographer, you need to know your locations inside and out, I think, so that you can produce consistent work. You know, the light, I know the light at the locations that I shoot at, like the back of my hand that helps me to keep it consistent and to stay in control and to not be driving all over the place. You know, newer photographers or photographers that, that aren't really in control of the client experience will say, sure, where do you want to do your shoot to a family or whoever, an engagement? And they end up at this location that's super far, just like you're talking about without parking, Mm -hmm. that they don't understand the light. That's on you as the artist and the professional to, you know, to vet that, to make sure that you're in control of that situation. So that's how I control that. Yeah. When When I was first starting out, I was a wedding photographer and it was like this third wedding I did or something like that. And they wanted to get a shoot done. And, and granted, I did have a, a photographer with me who was a veteran uh, wedding photographer. He had been doing it for years and years. And he was assisting me. Anyway, he was like, where are we going? And they wanted to do the photos in between the ceremony and reception at uh, Gasworks. And oh, this yeah. was in 2012 or 2013. So, it was, I mean, it was different back then, but still. And I'm like, oh, I love Gasworks. Like, oh, it's so amazing. I did not look at the different festivals and things that occur in the city. And it was Honk Fest. Oh, God. That day. And so we're pulling up and I'm like, holy shit, there's nowhere to park. It was just like, and that was on me. However, what we decided is their whole wedding party just went back and I just took the couple. My assistant drove the car around because there was nowhere to park. And I, me and the couple went and got some really great shots. But that was on me. Like, in that moment, I was like, okay. I need to, from now on, wherever I'm going to be, research and figure it out first. Go there ahead of time. Look at the light, everything that you just said. Yeah. And I always, you know, when something like that happens, which by the way, if you're listening and you're like scared from that story, like those things happen, especially when you're newer, because you just don't, we don't, now I, you probably feel the same way, Nikki. Now I can like think three steps ahead, you know, but when you're newer, you're just, there's so much that you're absorbing and so many things you have to handle. And so when that happens, don't be hard on yourself. Just think of it as information. Okay. This is information. I learned something from this next time. I won't let that happen. And you won't, (laughs) we all have the things that happen and you're like, okay, that'll never happen to me again. Yeah. Now, I know someone out there wants me to ask this. I can just feel it. (laughs) Do you tell couples specifically, like, these are your six options? I know you said you'll say, like, you want beach or park or whatever, but are you giving them, like, these are your locations, this is where you get these choices, and that's it? So I don't photograph couples, just only families and newborns. sorry, families. Yeah, 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 no problem. 
I would actually feel like couples could be maybe a little bit more high maintenance because it's their wedding. And, you know, anyways, we don't have to get into that. It's not my, it's not my thing, <laughs> but, um, yes, I only give a couple of options. Um, you want fields. Here's my, here is the location. I actually only have one field. You want park. I go to these two parks. You want beach. Here's the two beaches that I go to once in a while. Um, a family will have, um, you know, a nice property or, and I do photograph in the home all the time for newborns, very less, like, less often for families because families like my environmental stuff that they see in um, my portfolio. But sometimes the family will say like, I want, we want to shoot on my property or whatever. And that's fine with me. I'll do that, but not a random park or beach or anything. I won't do that. I just won't. It's not worth it for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I stopped going to Golden Gardens. I mean, there were just certain things because like it was just par- parking was just a huge yeah. deal. Yeah. But there was one photo that I was looking, I was looking at your Instagram this morning and there's this photo of these gorgeous children. They have curly dark hair and they're holding their newborn and it looks like they might be on their couch in their family room and they're like backlit. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Oh. Yeah. I love that. So, like I would take that over a park any day. Yes. My newborn work is 100% in the home. Actually, I have a class about newborn photography and I always tell people like I can shoot in any home. I live in Seattle. I've I've had, you know, a dark 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 town home, you know, that I've walked into and been able to make it work. So I just have gotten really used to that. And I think that that's that takes time to feel comfortable with that, but um yeah, that's definitely how my newborn work flows. It's very organic. It's very much in the home. It feels like Sunday morning, <laughs> mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. which is what I'm going for. So and I feel like that's less stressful for the couples too, like the parents yes. and, the, and the kids. Oh, absolutely. That's when I switched from doing the, the more posed newborn photography, because I was doing it only because I thought that was what I had to do to make money. We all make those mm-hmm. mistakes in the beginning. You know, you do what's totally. on trend just because that's what you think you have to do when actually it couldn't be further from the truth. You need to stay true to what you're drawn to. But what I say, you know, in my client communication and is that this is, I think about what those families are going through. I have four children. I remember what it's like to have a newborn at home. The last thing I wanted to do was like don a beautiful gown and, <laughs> you know, and have my hair and makeup done, oh my and, which by the way, there are some people who want that. Great. There is a talented photographer for you that will mm-hmm. make you look like a princess and make your baby look like a bunny, but that's just not ever going to be me. And I, and, you know, those sessions are, my sessions are relaxed and laid back and I'm in and out within usually about 90 minutes and which is pretty rare for newborn shoots. No, no, newborn shoots can last a long time if you're trying to pose a baby, but it just is not about making the baby into something they're not. It's about capturing that moment, you know, that, in that fleeting time. So definitely, definitely much easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's back up a little bit. Cause you were not always a photographer. What, what did you do before this? Yeah, I was a nurse. I was a newborn intensive care nurse for 10 years, actually. So there was a five-year overlap between my, you know, two careers. But yeah, I was a nurse for 10 years. And what made you decide to switch? Like, how did you get into photography? This is probably a story that a lot of moms with cameras that are listening will understand. And I use that, that phrase lovingly. I feel like it has been used as a put down, but I'm like, I'm a mom with a camera and that's, it changed my life. So I had my son, um, he's now almost 15 and I was on maternity leave and thought, you know, before I had babies, I had him pretty young. I was 24, but before I had babies, I was thinking, oh, I would love to be a stay at home mom. Like, this is going to be amazing. And I was home with this newborn and losing my mind. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> I mean, so I just hard. Gonna, put it out there. Like I was like, Whoa, this is not what I thought it was. I have no friends anymore. I'm super isolated. 
and I have, he was a really intense baby and I started taking photos of him with this little point and shoot that we had. And it was sort of this addiction. I think that a lot of photographers can probably relate to you. You realize like that you can capture something more, not just what the person or the thing looks like. Even if you're a, a landscape photographer, you know that you're capturing the memory of being in that place. And when I was capturing my baby, it was like I could capture his personality, who he was and it became an addiction. I got a better camera, started getting attention for it, and realized that I wanted to go into business with no business doing that. I had no, I had no idea what I was doing, but jumped in. And now, you know, the rest is history. It's been 12 years, but it was just that was the inspiration was my son. And funny thing is, is I never take pictures of my kids anymore. So I'm not, I don't do that at all anymore, but that was what inspired me for sure. Did you just, you know, randomly quit your nursing job? Or did you kind of build up your clientele before you quit? Yeah, no, 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 not at all. We've always been a two-income family. You, you used to live in Seattle. You know it's very expensive to live here. Totally. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was never an option for me not to be an mm-hmm. equal earner. So actually, I have a group coaching program, and I, I have a lot of women in my program that want to leave their day job. And I say, you need a, a plan. I would never tell somebody who needs that income to just jump off a ledge and leave your job without having a plan. So, um, the year my third baby was born, something had to give. I was still working two days a week as a nurse. I was, you know, had three kids under six. I was, you know, busting my butt trying to get this business off the ground. And I gave myself a year. I said, if I can match my salary this year, I'm going to leave nursing behind. And I doubled my salary. I don't know how I did that, by the way, that year is like a blackout situation for me. Like it was so much, so much was going on, but, but I did. And so that was, I, it was definitely a transition. That's why there was a five-year overlap. You know, I, I waited until it was sustainable and repeatable in order to leave my nursing career. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's, it's quite a different lifestyle going from nursing to photography where it's Mm -hmm. like, you get to structure your time. I mean, nursing is so regimented with your schedule yes. and long hours and yes. it's a different life. Oh, it's so much better for me. Yeah. It's yeah. so much better. I think, you know, entrepreneurship is, that's what you are. You're an artist who's an entrepreneur if you're a photographer. And uh, it is so much more suited for me. I That rigid schedule, those long hours, be you know, having to leave my children for 14 hours at a time, it was not good. And, you know, nurses have a salary cap. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you don't have a salary cap when you're your own boss. <laughs> so totally. Just it's a good thing. You know, you can have a much more abundant life as a photographer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about money. Yeah. When you first started, did you just, you know, come right out the gate charging, you know, enough? Or did no. you have to build build your yeah, tell us about that. Of course not. No, of course not. I just <laughs> I think I I think my first shoot I made fifty dollars. <laughs> and um I did what everyone does. And there's no shame in that, by the way. Like, I believe wholeheartedly in community over competition and know that 100% there is enough business for all of us. And one of people's favorite things to complain about is the undercutting of the industry. Oh, the new... No, no. Somebody who is going to pay $50 for photos will never pay $1,500 for photos. Those are two different people. So good for that new photographer who's getting the practice that you once Mm -hmm. needed when you were a new photographer. Like it's no big Mm -hmm. deal. But no. So I, you know, did I, I made all the mistakes that most of us make in the beginning. I was 
just thinking, well, I just want to like buy new gear. I'm going to do this on the side, realizing my time was more valuable than that and went up gradually. I've tried all different types of pricing systems. I am an all-inclusive photographer. I, I do a hundred, my biggest year was 180 sessions. I charged $1,200 a session. So you can do the math to do pretty well doing it that way. And that's just the way that I do it. Keep it simple. But yeah, I worked my way up to that though, for sure. Is that your pricing now, 1200 Yep, that's my pricing now. And it's just flat 1200 It's flat 1200 They get the digital files from their gallery and an album. We make an album for them. Okay, tell us about that. So you said they get the digital gallery. Mm-hmm. And do you specify a certain number of photos or a, a time, the amount of time you're going to shoot? Like walk us through what your sessions are like. So I, um, I'm a lifestyle photographer, so it's very much, you know, moment driven. And so my sessions are usually about 45 minutes long. Actually, they're not that long. Newborn sessions are a little longer just because of feeding and stuff. So Mm -hmm. newborn sessions are more like 90 minutes. And I say they get a minimum of 75 photos, but I usually give them a little bit more because I'm, (laughs) I can't, I can't not because I just, if it's good, I'm going to give it to them. Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah. So I just, I'm all inclusive because that's what I would want. And I know that some people really believe in products and in-person sales and all of that. But for me, that's the time that we're in my, my, I live in Seattle. We're very tech savvy community people are wise. They know that they can print on their own if they would like. So I just make sure I'm compensated for it and I'm in and out. And that, that that's where I want to spend my time. <laughs> and we do make them an album, but the album, they do not have any input in or revisions. I call the album complimentary. It's just like a gift for them. Um, and they get the album with, they get a, a Miller's book is what they got. So Elena, you are like speaking my language with your efficiency <laughs> and simplicity, yeah. because that is so important to me. You know, and it's, it's funny because it's criticized. I get, I don't get criticized as much anymore. When I first was on the scene, especially when I first started speaking and teaching about this, like when I did my first creative life class, I got a lot of trolls that were like, no, she's telling you to, you know, be a modern day shoot and burner. I'm like, that's what I'm like, this is what people want. We are not in, it is, we have to evolve as business owners. Like, and by the way, there is a mark. There are some people who want to do products mean a lot to them. And that's great but you got to get compensated for your time. You got to be charging a lot of money for that. A lot. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. I think people forget about that time piece because they're Uh, like, well, how can I, you know, if it's only, and I've said this before in the podcast where it's like, well, if I'm only, you know, paying $2.50 for an eight by 10, how do I charge 200? Well, there's the ordering, there is the shipping, there is delivering the product, packaging the product, like there's so much that goes into it. It's, it's, it's huge. That time adds up. What I tell my students to do, and this actually, I think goes back to, you know, every part of your life contributes to who you are today. And when I was a nurse, I got paid for every minute I was on that floor. And so when I am working for myself, I want to get paid for every minute that I'm working. And so I'll tell my students, like track how much time you're spending on one client from inquiry to delivery and then, you know, track how much you spent and how much you charged. And there's your hourly rate. And when when you're working for yourself and you don't have a team, it's really easy to be like, well, this isn't costing me that much money, but your time is your most valuable currency. And so a lot of times people will do that and they're making like less than minimum wage, even Mm -hmm. though they charged two or $3,000 because of the amount of time, like pre consultations in, you know, the actual shoot editing, all of that. So I just always say that like, it doesn't matter what 
how you want to do do it, what, how you want to deliver, what your everybody's business is unique. We're all we all have unique needs. We live in different parts of the world. Like all of that has to be taken into account. But you should know what you're making per hour, and you are providing a luxury service, so it should be a lot. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. But I, I do mostly personal branding, like ninety percent personal branding in studio. Uh, so hot and right now, by the way. Amazing. I love it. I've been. I mean, for like the last six years, it's been my bread and butter. Awesome. I mean, it's just I've lo- I've loved it. Absolutely loved it. And my average right now, I guess, is probably around nineteen hundred. I would say. Yeah. But I am paying for studio cost and I am paying for hair and makeup. Like there are some of those extras that you wouldn't be paying just, mm-hmm. you know, doing your twelve hundred flat lifestyle right. or whatever. So it probably equals out. But okay. I'm of the same mindset. My shoots, I do six outfits and sixty minutes or less. Like nice. I am trying to like give a great experience and have it be memorable and create beautiful photos without burning myself out. I want to go home and enjoy the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And I make a killing doing it. And it's just, I love it. And you're providing so much value as a personal branding photographer too. Like Mm -hmm. that, you're literally, you're giving them money basically because you're giving them marketing material and things that they can use for their businesses and brand. Like that is so high value. Mm -hmm. And hearing you say too, that your shoots for family shoots are only 45 minutes. I'll tell you what, as a, as a, mom with two little kids. Hell yeah. Like that is so appealing to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, after 45 minutes, they're done. Everyone's done. done. I am bribing with more than like the trip to get ice cream. Like at that point, I'm like pulling out all the stops. So because I've had that experience where it just lasted too long and I'm like, okay, we're done. (laughs) You know, so. And that's, that I think is another common I wouldn't say that that's a mistake, but maybe like a myth, you know, where I see newer photographers pricing is based on time. This, yes. this, this package is an hour, this package is two hours. And if you're listening and you're doing that, why that's not what you should do is because they're not paying you for your time. They're paying you for your talent. So if you can deliver a full gallery in 30 minutes, great. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, if yep. it takes you longer, that's fine too. But exactly what you're saying, Nikki, children are, I feel like I, you know, the first 20 minutes is like when they're paying attention to me. And then after that, it's like, all right, we're kind of, kind of a wild card situation. Like we're just kind of, I get all that I need in the beginning and then we're just, I, I can be more creative and we're playing a little bit more towards the end. Yeah. Do you, do you like get the priority photos? I'm, I'm I think you just answered that question, but I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you just in a different way. Like how yes. do you structure your shoots physically? Yeah. Oh, 100, 100%. I have a workflow even though my work looks like it's candid, it's not. I'm literally like guiding and directing every mm-hmm. moment. And I and I have a workflow. And I always feel, I, I have the ones that I know in my mind that I need for that for it to be consistent with my, you know, what they're seeing on my website and, and with what they get in their galleries. And I can get everything that I need. If everything went to hell in a handbasket in 15 or 20 minutes, it would be still fine. I would still have a full robust gallery. Yeah. So smart. That actually gives you more creative freedom too, because you get all that at the beginning and then you can just use light interestingly and try different things and be a little more creative towards the end. And everyone's kind of losing interest in you anyway. So it's more fun to just, to just play towards the end. Yeah, for sure. And then do you show all of this in your course? Cause you have just for people listening, if they don't know in the portrait master store, you have a family lifestyle course and a newborn course. Mm-hmm. So those are what, what's in the portrait masters store is behind the scenes bundles. So yeah, you can see me work from start to finish for okay. sessions. Yep. In newborn and family. Yep. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I think that's really important. 
especially if when dealing with kids, because I can't tell you how many times people will post in in our the portrait system Facebook group saying like, oh my gosh, these kids like just did me in today. And yes, that happens. I mean, kids are hard. They are hard to mm-hmm. photograph. But mm-hmm. if you've got a system and a workflow in place and you are like prepping the parents, prepping, you know, coming with what you need, don't you think it's like it can be easier than like it doesn't have to be hard. So when when I say this, I'm not saying it like in a bragging way at all, but in the 12 years that I've been a photographer, I've never had a session that I couldn't work with a kid. Now, yes, in the beginning, I remember like with before I had a plan, feeling more defeated and a little bit sweaty and hot after like working with these kids. But it was very quick that I realized what I needed was to know how to pose and to have a routine, to have a plan. Because if you don't, I mean, you'd show up and you, and the family's like, okay, now what? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I mean, everything I see on Instagram is families frolicking through a field. Like, don't you know how to do that? They don't. <laughs> they actually uh-huh. don't know how to do that. They need you to be kind of like the director of a movie. You know, you got to be the director of the shoot. And when you're a family photographer, they're not models. They're there mm-hmm. and super nervous and mom's worried that everyone's going to misbehave and the kids are bored and the dad's probably annoyed that he has to do it. So you've got to have, <laughs> you've got to have a plan and kids, especially with kids, you know, you, you have to have a workflow. And of course, like each family is going to make it their own and everyone's going to, there's going to be times that you have to kind of think outside the box and try something different or whatever. But having a plan is really going to make it easier for you, but it's also better for the clients. It's a better experience for the clients. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So then as far as you just like load up all of the digital images, do you do a lot of editing? Do you keep it more natural? Mm-hmm. No, I outsource my editing to Image Salon actually. So oh, yeah, I don't do my own editing. I haven't edited for about five years probably. So I did my own editing for quite a while. That was the best decision I ever made, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was able to, take, able to take on more clients. Anytime I've invested in my business, I've made more money for sure. Yeah, so I outsource my editing. And we, we edit. I mean, she, we have, I, I do, of course, have like a little bit of a more, you know, contrasty, moody style. But yeah, 100% edit, so... Yeah. Okay. And then, so once those are all edited, since you just include all of those, do you say like, I I remember saying like when I was portfolio building and I was giving away all of the digitals instead of selling like packages of specific amounts of photos like I do now, I would say, I give you my favorite digitals from the session. Like, and I found that like, what language do you use? So they're not like, aren't there more? (laughs) Although if you're providing the amazing photos. They're not going to ask for more, but I'm just curious how you do that. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good question. Um, so I say I give a minimum of 75. So, okay. you know, under promise over deliver, I usually uh-huh. give more like there's, I usually give more, I usually give more like 150. I give pretty big galleries just cause it's lifestyle where there's lots of movement and playing and, and, um, playing with light and stuff. So I want them to have a variety. So I usually give more like 150. And then in my contract, just as for anyone to know how to cover yourself for these situations, in my contract, it's it's very clear. You will not receive any more images than what is in your gallery. And no additional edits will happen. So I'm very clear in my language there as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. And then let's talk a little bit about marketing. How, okay, two parts to this. How did your marketing look at the beginning? And how did you kind of get that snowball of clients going? And then what do you have to do now to get your clients? I coined this term 
during COVID. And I don't know if I've always say this, I always like, I would give credit where due credit was deserved if it wasn't mine, but I have never heard anyone else say it, but I, I call it compassionate marketing. And I've, I've really marketed myself this way always where I'm not selling, I'm providing information and inspiration and relevant content that people actually care about. And I do that on social media, on my blog, and it brings, you know, brings people in who they're not necessarily interested in a certain style or, you know, they're not there looking for like light and airy or whatever, how some people are. They're there because of my brand, my brand story. They really just want to be part of the, the story that I'm weaving. And I'm at a place in my career with my family photography that I book out about a year in advance. And the way that I do this is by my using my mailing list, by leveraging my mailing list. So I get people on my list and my list is relatively small as far as family photography. I rest out, you know, I don't need a lot of people because I only can do, so I'm only one person. I can only do so many family shoots a year. Um, and so I, I get them on my list because then they'll, they know that if they're on my list, they get a priority spot because here in Seattle, I really only do outdoor shoots from May ish to the end of October. And there are only so many weekend days that I'm available. And so they know that that's a reason to get on my list. And I send an email November prior to the year that's coming and book out about 90% of the year that way. Wow. So, and, but the months of August through November, I only see returning clients for like the past six years or so. So it's really kind of, I call it a legacy business. You know, it's, it's, it runs itself, which is really nice. Yeah. And then as far as newborn stuff goes, I mean, I, newborns are all year and that's not through the mailing list and that's from good search engine optimization. I mean, I come up one, number one or number two everywhere that I want to and really good social media strategy, which is serving, 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 you know, don't, Mm -hmm. not selling, but serve, but good marketing. How do you differentiate between that? Like selling versus serving in your marketing? Yeah. Well, marketing and selling are different things. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and I remember when I learned that concept, I was, my mind was blown a little bit. So if you've never heard that before, go learn a little bit more about it because we don't have enough time in the next 20 minutes to really explain (laughs) it. But yeah, marketing and selling are very different. So selling is when you say, I have five sessions left, book this or many sessions this weekend, book now I'm selling this thing, book now. We're all fatigued from that. You know, everyone will say, oh, I don't like marketing myself. It's so so salesy. It's so it's, it's, you know, yucky. That's not marketing that's selling. And yeah, selling does kind of feel yucky sometimes. And so I rarely do that. So instead I come up with content that is going to, and you actually said, you know, it's one of your missions for this podcast. You know, I come up with content that's going to educate, that's going to inspire, and that's going to connect. So when I'm talking about newborn photography, for example, instead of getting on there and saying, you need to book a newborn session with me. I am the best newborn photographer in Seattle. I book out months in advance. I could say that. I could say all those things, whether they're true or not, I could say it. But um, instead I say, I understand what it feels like to have a newborn and be completely overwhelmed. I know what it's like to have toddlers running around and to not know if I should feed the toddler or breastfeed this baby. I understand. Having your photo shoot should not be part of that stress. That's why in-home photography is stress-free, something mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I'm essentially, mar- you know, yeah, just giving them a message, sending a message of compassion, sending a message of understanding, and also educating them on my style. Because for some women, they're like, I don't want to look like I just had a baby. I would like you to put me in hair and makeup, and I want my baby to look like a bunny. Well, great. There is a photographer for you, and she is freaking talented as, as ever. But that's not me. 
So yep. it's a little bit, of, it's a little bit about education. It's about inspiration. It's about connecting. So yep. that's how it, that was just a one example of how I do it. I mean, you can see in my, on Instagram or on my blog or whatever, how we do it, but Yep. Yep. Ah, oh, we could not be more on the same page. It's exactly how, <laughs> but it's, it's funny because it's almost like you're hitting some of those pain points in there. And I talk exactly. about that a lot here. Yeah. It's like, you know, in bringing it just at personal branding as an example, like most women, a lot of women do not, and men do not love having their photo taken. <laughs> like they right. don't want to do hair and makeup. <laughs> yes, totally. Yes. It's like, yeah. this is how it is. Yeah. So you know, talking about that and making people understand, I'm going to make this so easy for you. And you need these photos. You know, you do, you know, that you need these family photos, you know, you need these newborn photos, you know, you need these photos for your website. So let's just make it as easy as possible on you. And, and I'm going to help you with that. It's like, yes, it's just like a no brainer. People are like, okay. (laughs) Right. And that's what, you know, I think that that concept of marketing, you're a problem solver. Anyone who's marketing anything at all is a problem solver. And as a photographer, you could kind of think, well, that, especially with like family photography, like branding, it's a little bit more like, okay, you have a problem. You need something for your, your personal brand. You know, you don't want to have your hair and makeup done or whatever. And for family photography, it can seem a little less black and white, but that you have to exactly what you just said. You have to think about like, how can I solve these people's problems beyond that they need photos, but even deeper, how can I connect with them about their pain points? And when you do that, it actually becomes it, it, it becomes more meaningful for you too, because then people are connecting to you on a deeper level. You, when you meet people and photograph them, they're the right people. They under, they like you as a person. Mm-hmm. It's just like win, win all around. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting con it's a, or it's a complex concept, but it's definitely worth it to learn about it and to figure out yeah. how to do it. Have you ever considered raising your prices from 1200? At this point, I have just took on two associates because I don't want to do, yeah, I don't want to do any more shoots than I have on the calendar right now. And we still get, you know, two to three inquiries a week. Mm -hmm. So at this point, uh, this year, probably not, but I might at some point, you know, it just depends for me right now. It has felt like that's a pretty good spot based on where I live and my clientele and the type of people that I'm attracting. So right now, no, but maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I, can we talk a little bit about your associates and how, how that works? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a new endeavor. So <laughs> it's in progress. It's funny. There's always something to learn, by the way. It's like, okay, I got, I can book myself out a year in advance, but associates is a whole other ballgame because I'm not as good at marketing other people. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they, so I charge a tiny bit less for them. So they're 975 and they get a flat rate and we edit for them. And then we take the rest. When I say we, I have a little team. There's only four of us, but like my my admin team. So yeah, at, right now that's what we're doing. We're charging nine seventy five for them. I'm booked for the year for family shoots. So what the auto email that goes out has a booking link to their calendar, and the conversion rate isn't nearly as high as when it was just me. And I think it's just that we're learning how to market other people other than mm-hmm. me, you know. But um, yeah, that's I kind of think about it. The way that I structured paying them was a lot of like how my friends who are wedding photographers pay their second shooters. You're paying you know, more paying them for their time, for their shooting time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I had an associate for a while in Seattle because I was going back and forth from Seattle to Michigan all the time. And then when I moved back to Michigan full time, she would shoot for me there. And the way that I would tell my, you know, people who reached out, I would say things like, I've trained, you know, I've trained my associate shooter to shoot yes. just like me. We're such a great team. She does the shoot. I do the editing. And 
she's so wonderful. You're going to love her. And then sometimes I would offer like a $100 gift card or a $100 gift voucher, 150 bucks, you know, whatever I felt like at the time, if they were a little bit resistant. And, you know, somehow the the conversion rate went okay. It was pretty decent, actually. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, anytime she would do a shoot, I would always make sure to say like, oh, you know, Janelle, my associate did this. Isn't it amazing? Like, we're such a good team. I would always say that we're such a good team. She did the shoot. I did the editing and blah, 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 or whatever. It worked well. Yeah. I do say that I trained them because I did. <laughs> That's not a lie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do say that. And you're right, though. It has to be, it's a lot about in the language. Mm-hmm. More of the we rather than the I. <laughs> we are a team. We do this. And yeah, so we're working on it. We just launched this program this year. So, and I That's did exciting. bring them too. Yeah, it is exciting. I'm trying to scale back on the amount of shoots that I do because my online education stuff is so busy right now. So I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to be gone less evenings, you know, yeah, and to be doing more of the daytime work. So well, and it's trickier with family and newborn because it's you know it's not so. Although newborn, I guess parents tend to have a little bit of time off right after they have the baby. But it seems like with families, I mean, kids are in school, like they have sports, they have all these things. So it's like evenings and weekends kind of, you kind of have to do it sometimes. You have to do it. There's, yeah. uh, I, this is what I tell people who want to be family newborn photographers. And they're like, what, what about, I'm like, you're, if you want to be a family newborn photographer or newborns, yes, I do those during the week, always actually. They're during the maternity leave. I, and so mm-hmm. everyone's home. So that, that happens very rarely on the weekends, but yeah, for family and family stuff, if you're going to be an on-location family photographer, it's going to be evenings and weekends. And because that's the best light too. I mean, yeah. it's also that. So True. Very, very true. But I guess my perspective was always like, I was a nurse. I would be gone for 14 hours at a time to leave door to door for my shoot uh-huh. for two hours. I can like not even miss dinner. I'd be eat late, you know, or whatever. But so yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a job. That's It's the best job, but it's a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's, that's something to really something to really think about that. Yes, it is great to love what we do and to have this sort of creative outlet and to make our own schedules and all of that. But it is still a job. It is still time away from our family, time away from our friends. Like, yeah, it's something to remember. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm growing this. Um, we have we have 10 acres at our primary home here in Michigan. Very different mm-hmm. than Seattle price-wise. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what I ended up doing last year is I grew a wildflower field. Oh my gosh. And it's just a small one. Well, this year I made it like 10 times as big and I'm just getting ready to plant the seeds. And I am like, every day I think about it, I was like, I think I'm going to open up family sessions in this wildflower because I cannot let it to go, go to waste. Like, yeah. I never thought I would ever shoot family photos again. And I'm like, I have to do this. I'm going to have to like block off some evenings this summer and do it. <laughs> and it's on your property. So it's like you just walk mm-hmm. outside. Like how incredible is that? If I had a great property, I would do every shoot there. And I'm not that, some people are so inspired and it's actually very popular right now too, the adventure photography, which by the way, if that's you, great. But me, I just want to like know my location and be oh, in and out same. in 45 minutes. So, mm-hmm. so if I had a great location right around the corner on my property, I would use it every time and not feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly kind of where I'm at. So I'm going to toy around with it. I might, that's I might so do cool. it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's exciting. But yeah, it's, it is, you know, I'm, I'm filming a new course actually, and, and I'm showing shoots in just like kind of everyday, sometimes ugly locations. Like I did one in my garage mm-hmm. and I did one in like the dormant dead 
woods behind my house. And it is really cool. It's been really fun. It's, you know, going from, and, and again, living in Seattle was amazing. There's not, you know, it's just a different, like I live in the country now, you know, it's just a yeah. different, I didn't have that access in Seattle, like right out my door, like I do here. So I guess I yeah. really should, should, you know, try to take advantage of it more, but. Yeah, well, or whatever. You got to just do what's wor- what works for you. You also have little kids at home right now, so you're in the thick of it. I know. <laughs> I know. It's uh yeah, it's fun though. We were yeah. supposed to do our own family shoot was it a week and a half, 2 weeks ago, and we ended up having to cancel one because of rain and two because my son was sick and and we're actually doing it now on Monday. And it, it's cool because I feel like she's making it really easy for us as well. It's just so low key. And she's bringing me a couple outfit options, which I'm excited about. Like she posts her. Yeah. Do you do anything like that? I I don't anymore, but I'm just curious if you do. I don't, but I just, I have a a mastermind student that does that. That's an, and it's amazing. me. I, it's super cool how she built it too. I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued. She does have a client closet and she bought some of the pieces, but some of the pieces, the way that she, she got them into her, I don't know, her closet. I was going to say her repertoire, but her closet is that she did free model calls, but the model had to buy the dress and then she got oh. to keep the dress. Isn't that interesting? Nice. I, yeah. know, I was like, whoa, I would have never thought of that. But my, anyways, my point though, is that her brand is very consistent and beautiful. She's so talented and beautiful because of this, because she has this like basically like a warm color scheme and the dresses are beautiful and amazing. And it's part of that unique experience that she provides for her family is like that they get the mom gets to like feel like a queen so yeah I think it's cool it's not something that I do but it's definitely something that I see people doing and if you can come up with something like that that really sets you apart and that creates that really unique experience like go for it that is incredible yeah for sure I I used to provide clothing and then going back to being efficient and time and just not wanting to deal with taking the clothes to the dry cleaner all the time. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that, I was like, no, I'm done. I I had a huge garage sale and sold all of the dresses and it was like a huge weight off my chest. But going in as a mom and booking Natalie and, and it's funny because as I scroll through her Instagram, exactly what you said, it's like, you can almost curate your brand and your marketing if you're mm-hmm. going to provide the outfits, because you're in control of the colors that mm-hmm. you're providing. And so it, it is, it's smart. It's very smart. Well, it's really thinking about your ideal client and what they need. Again, back to solving that problem mm-hmm. where I actually, my ideal client, I don't think would be into that. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. the type of person that she is, but there are those people like you, like you're like excited about that. That's And I feel like that isn't necessarily a it may not work as well in Seattle. Like we're, we're a little more casual and laid back yeah, around here. Totally. Like, <laughs> too casual. Sometimes I, when I go to LA, I'm like, oh gosh, I am so underdressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm a little too grungy. But anyways, my point being though, is just, just getting into thinking about that. Like who your ideal client is and how you can serve them really, really well. And if your ideal mm-hmm. client's out there stressing out about what to wear and where to get her makeup done and where to get her hair done, and you can solve that problem for her by having this beautiful closet like by all means that is an incredible idea yeah totally totally there's there's so many ways to do this that's what I love about artistry like you can a business is as creative as the art that you're creating and so many ways to do it yeah and I think it's so important to understand too you can implement a business model as far as pricing and marketing and selling but still make it your own with all of these different services that you can provide 
You know, like you've got the one package and this is what I charge and this is what you get. And it's simple and it appeals to a lot of people, whether, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of photographers having that Mm -hmm. sort of system and a lot of clients. And then you can Mm -hmm. be someone who has, you know, big, medium, small packages and lots of options and print products. And that appeals to some people. So it's like, find what works for you, you know, and yesterday I had a conversation on in my group coaching program with a friend of mine. I had her come in as a guest because she's a quote unquote luxury wedding photographer in the Bay area. She charges $10,000 a wedding at least, you know, she's like really Mm -hmm. killing it. But her style is this really like gritty laid back unposed style. And what I love about how she explains it is like, it's not about like, are you, um, you know, the next I don't, shouldn't use any big names, but you know, are you the next one that's going to do this? Like, you know, stylized like thing. It's not about that at all. It's actually just about knowing who your ideal client is, knowing what they need and serving them really well. And then you can just charge whatever you want because they will pay top dollar for what you have because you have exactly what they need. It's not about what it looks like or what you're offering, or if you have three packages or one, it's not about that at all. It's just about really having that that piece dialed in, which by the way, it takes time to get there. Like Mm -hmm. none of us came out the gate knowing what that meant and how to Mm -hmm. figure that out. But once, once you refine that, that's when you really start profiting higher. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for all of this. This has been such a great conversation. And I think, you know, you just brought up some really interesting points that I think people are going to learn from and it's, yeah, it's what you have going is really amazing. Well, thanks. I'm just a pretty laid back person. So I feel like my business is a reflection of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I do have a couple more questions to ask you that I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first question is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Um, I cannot live without my 50 millimeter 1.2 L lens. Mm -hmm. Cannot. If I had to shoot with one lens forever, that would be it. (laughs) Nice. And it's not everybody's favorite lens, but that is like my absolute favorite lens. I love it so much. What camera body? Um, I shoot with two bodies. I shoot with a R5, the Canon mirrorless R5, which is ridiculous. (laughs) It's unbelievable. And I shoot with my Mark IV still, my 5D Mark IV. Nice. So I, yeah, just because when I upgraded, I just, um, I I was shooting with the Mark III and Mark IV at the time. And then I brought the Mark V or the R5 on yeah, yeah, very cool. I have a Mark yeah. IV as well, and I just um, in December I upgraded to the R6, so I have now okay. both. I have both. I, whenever I do my video recordings or anything like that, I have my uh, Mark IV on, and then I use my R6 now. Yeah, yeah. Great. I hear the R6 it. and the R5 are very similar. So yeah, I went back and forth for a long time about what to get, and then I don't. I'm just not that techie, and I just don't need Same. the extra stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna get the R6. I'm kind of, I'm not either actually. And I'm a kind of a a boring person to ask about gear generally because I don't have like an arsenal of lenses. I'm like, I just kind of like a couple of lenses. And, but that R5 though, when I got it, I was like, whoa, this is, it's pretty, my galleries are bigger than they used to be. Even it's like a problem because it doesn't take a bad photo. It (laughs) literally like never misses focus. The color is spot on. It's like this beautiful piece of machinery. So yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. I'm not super interesting with gear either, other than to say I'm like kind of a hack with my gear. Like, oh my gosh, I was filming a new shoot and it, I was taking some product photos. It was like a shark charcuterie board thing that I was photographing. And I was using my, um, my macro 
And I have two macros. And I hadn't used the 50 macro since I upgraded to the R6. And so I put it on and it's like filming, like it's like I'm filming the shoot, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's not focusing. Why isn't it focusing? What's happening? It's not focusing. Well, the lens is so old. It's a really old Sigma 50 macro. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work with the adapter because it's too old. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of gear I have. And then I have like the Canon 85 uh, 1.8 and like my lens hood is like taped on. It's so bad. People love that lens though. That 1.8. It's great. It's my favorite. And it's faster than the 1.2. It's that the 1.2, the original, the original 1.2, the reason that I didn't, I have an 85 now for my R5, but I didn't ever get the 1.2 because it, for my, um, you know, my old DSLR, because it it was just super slow to focus. So it's, if you're photographing adults, like it's beautiful, Mm -hmm. but I have children moving around, like it cannot be like, right, right, right. It has to focus right away. So yeah, the 1.8, the 1.8 is much faster to focus. I did not know that. I love it. I bought it way back when, because it was cheaper. Yeah. I know. Like it, I just was not ready to spend, you know, two yeah, grand two, or whatever. $2,000. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, moving on. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? With family or friends. I am an extreme extrovert. So I don't, I don't like to be alone. I'm always with my, my loved ones or my friends um, when I'm not working. doing anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely how I spend my time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Number three is what's your favorite inspirational quote? I have a lot of inspirational quotes, but one that I think is one of my favorite that I think would pertain to the conversations that we had today is the fastest way to be an overnight success is 10 to 15 years of really hard work. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who said it, but it's very true. Nobody's an overnight success. It's a good thing to remember when you're trying, you know, you, you think it's never going to happen for you. Um, and it's, you're seeing, you know, we're inundated right now with the internet, which is a good thing, but we're overwhelmed with inspiration yeah, and with stuff coming from us, coming at us from other people. And you have to remember that anyone who you see that's successful was not an overnight success. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. And number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? I would tell people who are just starting out to stay firmly rooted in why they started in the first place. That is your superpower. Your superpower is your unique vision. And I promise that every single one of us has one. And when we get you know, you get into the industry, you really start taking on, again, I'm kind of back to what I was just saying, but you start taking on so much information that you lose sight of who you are and why you started and you burn out. I've seen a lot of really talented photographers burn out. I don't want that for anybody. So stay deeply rooted in that why, and you'll, that'll keep you, that'll keep you going. Awesome. Great advice. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again. Where can people find you online if they're looking for you? So if I'm on Instagram a lot, um, so at Elena S. Blair underscore photography. You can please send me a direct message. I answer all my direct messages. And then my education site is elenasblair.com. And that's where you can find a bunch of free resources and things there. And then if you want to just check out my photography site, everything is public. I don't hide my pricing or anything. It's elenasblairphotography.com. So I have two websites. Awesome. Very cool. Elena S. Blair. <laughs> You'll find me. 
Well, thank you again. I hope it gets sunny for you out there in Seattle. I know it will. Hang in there. Yeah, I know. So nice to talk to you. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. I'm assuming you'll be at the conference in, in I will. September. I will. Yes, yeah. you will be as well. So, yes. Yep. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. It's so much fun. We have a blast. I know. Can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I'll see you in September. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Great talking to you. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.